Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Mike Caput, and we're going to explore how to use AI to simplify your content marketing efforts. If you are creating any kind of content in a systematic way, and it's a lot of work and you got a lot of people doing a lot of different things and you want to simplify it, you're going to love, love, love today's episode. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Mike Caput. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Mike Caput. If you don't know who Mike is, he is the chief content officer at the Marketing AI Institute. He also co-authored the book, Marketing Artificial Intelligence, and he's the co-host of the Marketing AI Show. Mike, welcome to this show. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Really excited. I'm excited you're here today. Mike and I are going to explore how to use AI to enhance your content marketing workflows. So if you are creating content, whether you're a marketer or a creator, you're going to love this show. Now, before we get into the details, I want to hear a little bit of your backstory, Mike. How did you get into AI? Start wherever you want to start. Man, so I took a pretty winding and unconventional path into AI. So I actually started way back my career as a journalist. And I had spent like a few years living in Egypt and writing for some magazines there, primarily like in technology and business. So I kind of started out as a writer and had every intention of doing that indefinitely. Unfortunately, at the time, the Arab Spring, the Egyptian Revolution had other plans. So I kind of had to like uproot my life, come back to the States and kind of do freelance writing and journalism work where I could get it. And I kind of from there at that time fell into this whole thing called content marketing. So I was starting to do more and more freelance work for businesses that were looking to create lots of like technology content for their companies. And serendipitously, I met an agency owner named Paul Ratzer, who was kind of contact or mutual friend. And Paul was growing his agency in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. And that agency was called PR 2020. And Paul eventually ended up hiring me to help with some of the content at the agency. He was making a big play into content marketing and inbound marketing. He was actually HubSpot's first ever agency partner. And so I kind of ended up in the marketing business learning 
marketing, marketing technology, and the agency business from the ground up and ended up kind of towards the end, you know, about a decade later almost, serving on the leadership team at the agency. And this was exactly when I started was right around the time that an AI system called IBM Watson debuted on Jeopardy. What, what year was that, do you think? Uh, I think it was right around 2011 was the first appearance. Then it had another in 2012, which is right around when I was getting started, like working with Paul. And after that, Paul got absolutely hooked on AI. And honestly, I did too, because I was a big science fiction fan, a big Jeopardy fan. And Paul actually was asking me to do research and write the chapter on AI in his second book, The Marketing Performance Blueprint. And back in, I think it came out in 2014. And from then on, it was basically this like full-blown obsession for both of us. Like while we were doing more than full-time jobs at the agency, we were kind of going down this rabbit hole on what was AI, what was possible with it, how could it help us do better marketing for our clients, how could it grow the agency as a whole. And so in 2016, Paul actually launched Marketing AI Institute, where I work today, which was kind of another company that was a way to share like what we were learning about AI and how it was going to actually transform marketing kind of as we were seeing it. So this whole thing started with me like writing about AI, but in order to do that, I had to understand it. So the same way I'd kind of done with plenty of other topics in the past, I started using some of the technology. And over the years, kind of through a bunch of experiments, was using AI to help grow our agency business and growing the new business we had in Marketing AI Institute in parallel. So like over the years, ended up doing hundreds of experiments, looking into hundreds of different tools. We progressively researched, tested, applied AI to all these different areas of marketing. And at the whole time we were doing this, we were creating content about what we were learning along the way. So kind of fast forward to today and Marketing AI Institute has grown out of this obsession and into an industry leading source of education for businesses of honestly any size on how to start actually using AI to transform marketing in both at the company level and in individual careers. So we do that through a lot of ways, like with events, education, and content. But today, my big role is kind of doing a ton of content creation and industry education around AI, especially in the last almost 12 months, you know, with the launch of ChatGPT, the generative AI boom. This has really just added rocket fuel to what we've already been doing and theorizing and testing on our end. So today, I'm on any given day researching and deploying kind of dozens of different AI tools and still doing a lot of writing about it. Yeah, for those that are listening, you might be familiar with Paul Ratzer because he's been speaking at Social Media Marketing World for years. He's been on this show multiple times. And, you know, what's great about what you guys are doing is you have a podcast that comes out every week, right, where you and Paul talk about the news. And that's part of your content strategy. You've obviously got Maycon, which is your conference, which is, I would imagine, really blowing up since November of 2022 when ChatGPT kind of launched this next major wave. Are you finding that there's a lot more demand for learning this kind of stuff? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's night and day. I mean, 
We're doing a lot more today than we were a year ago, but we're still doing the same kind of trajectory of things. What's changed is now everyone and their mother is asking about artificial intelligence. And, you know, you mentioned our Macon, our marketing AI conference that just wrapped up in July of this year. We had 700 plus marketers come to our home base in Cleveland, Ohio, biggest year yet by far. So, yeah, we have seen a ton of interest. And it's interesting, it's both coming from the ground up, more and more individuals saying, I need to start learning this stuff. But also from the top down, we have a lot of people that come to us saying, my CEO just told me to go figure out AI, how can you help? Yeah. And what I love about what you guys are doing, it's very similar to some of my other friends like Joe Polizzi, who founded the Content Marketing Institute, who's also from Cleveland. What I've done with Social Media Examiner was some of it, at least inspired by Joe, because I started my conference, Social Media Marketing World. So do you guys call yourself a media company or how do you kind of position yourselves? Yeah, so it's a definitely in part a media company. We kind of see there being three pillars to it. it. There's the education piece. So we run a lot of online education, also kind of in-person workshops at the corporate level. We have the event business. The conference is sort of the linchpin of that, though we've done more and more virtual and we're considering more in-person events. And then there's the media business. So, you know, driving as much qualified traffic and interest to the website and then working with partners and sponsors in various ways to kind of power that piece of it. The reason, Mike, I wanted to get you on the show is because I believe what Paul and you and others in your organization are doing is pioneering kind of this brand new frontier that is disintermediating, disrupting, if you will, the state of marketing in a pretty dramatic way. That's why I'm really excited to ask this next question. Why should content marketers, and let's be intellectually honest, content marketers, many of them are former writers, right? Mm -hmm. Many of them are used to the art and craft of creating content from their brain to their fingertips, right? Or from their brain through their lips. Why should they pay attention along with creators to this thing that seems a little scary called artificial intelligence. So first, I understand why and how it's scary to writers being one myself, and I very much sympathize and empathize with that. I would say you still need to pay attention to it, though, because these AI tools that we have today, including generative AI, they really give us this kind of ability to tap into a range of superpowers that help us do a lot of cool things in content in a lot of different ways. So these can include things like creating new content. You know, we've got AI today that does text, images, audio at a professional level and at scale. I mean, we can use AI today to write, draw, create, what have you. And we can also use AI to help us make our own content much better. It can help us easily express our thoughts, our ideas, our vision, can help us kind of refine what we're already creating. And honestly, it can open up new frontiers into how we make our content like more predictive, more effective. I mean, every writer, every content creator knows you have a huge problem often with knowing you wrote something really great but not knowing if anyone cares or if it's really what the audience wants. And we have a variety historically of analytics or data to try to help us decode that. But AI really takes it to the next level, giving us this ability to start predicting content performance and efficacy in advance. So on one hand, I understand it can be scary, but on the other, I really see it enhancing quite a bit of the work we do, kind of getting rid of some of the things we don't want to do helping us do more of what we're really, really good at or what we find really validating when it comes to writing or content creation or storytelling, and also just helping us make sure what we spend all this time and 
love on as we're creating content actually has an impact. So I think those are just a few of the reasons you really do need to start paying attention to what these tools are really capable of today. You know, as a writer also, just like you, I'm, although not formally trained, I have written a couple books and I write pretty consistently. And also as someone who creates audio and video, you know, all the different mediums and as someone who owns and runs a media company where we've got a production schedule, you know, and we've got a lot of content that we're pumping out. I can tell you that AI has helped us in many different ways. It's allowed us to come up with ideas when we're stuck, for example, expand on very, very basic ideas, come up with starters, you know, as you know, as a writer, sometimes when you're trying to write something creatively, it's just getting off the mark. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, right? Like I've written about these things. What have I not covered, right? You can ask the AI to help you see other areas that you could cover. Also, AI is really good at helping us find our blind spots, right? So you can use AI to improve your own writing, to identify things that normally in the past you would have to go to a developmental editor or syntax editor for. You can very rapidly do that. We've also found that it can take other kinds of content and help us repurpose it, like to take something really long and make it summarize it would take a long time. There's just so many cool things that we as creators find arduous that we don't like doing that this could do for us so that we can kind of be in our zone of genius a little bit more. Have you found this to be the case? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, even just today, I was like writing an outline for a really in-depth content asset and it's an area of or topic I have a lot of expertise in, but there was also a fair amount of material I had to run through from a partner, from internally, some posts we had. And I was like, ah, this is going to be a ton of time. I really want to get to like connecting all these dots and ideas and get this awesome outline. I don't want to have to read through all this stuff again. I could easily dump it into an AI tool, have it help me synthesize it, help me refresh my memory on some of the stuff that I'd already read or had forgotten. It was just such a better way to be doing research and to be collecting the material that I, the raw material I was using to do what I do best. So yeah, I mean, every day, it's just such a joy to be able to have some of these tools. 100%. Okay. So let's talk about some of the common challenges or mistakes that you see happening with either creators or businesses when it comes to creating content. And then we're going to get to how to solve those a little bit later. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few that we see pretty often and that we also kind of fall into the trap of. I would say first is we see a lot of brands and we've helped a lot of brands both on the agency side and through the Institute do thought leadership, like try to lead their market when it comes to interest and content and ideas. And often that can happen via what we're doing right now, a podcast. We've really seen a lot of companies kind of screw up or make the mistake of having their like CEO or their thought leader, that person who really has all the special knowledge and ideas and the commentary, doing so much of the heavy lifting. Like we would see so many, you know, clients or partners trying to get their CEO or their, you know, VP of product or whoever is that really big subject matter expert trying to manage the entire process of creating thought leadership, of doing the interviews, of writing down all the answers themselves and things like that. And we ran into this exact same problem ourselves. Like when we 
started out producing our podcast, our CEO, Paul, was doing all the heavy lifting. He was the one who was trying to schedule the interviews with guests, coming up with the questions, doing all the background research, obviously doing the interviews. I mean, the problem with this is not that the thought leader or CEO is involved in creating content. The problem is they're involved in all the things that somebody else or another you know, piece of technology should be doing. And in our case, it really hampered our ability to actually produce really, really good content because one of the most valuable people in our business was so in the weeds trying to make everything happen when it came to thought leadership. Now, another kind of a huge area of mistakes we see companies making when it comes to creating content is not repurposing content at all. So it's pretty common to create a ton of content, whether it's written, audio, video, what have you. And then you throw it out into the world and you move on to the next topic, the next area that you want to consider creating content around. We've done it ourselves. We used to do this all the time and kind of fall into this trap of, wait a second, we just produced a long-form content asset. We just produced an hour-long podcast. How else can we actually use this? Could we turn it into articles? Could we turn it into social shares? Could it be used in other ways or at least used as part of other new content so that we're not reinventing the wheel all the time. Now, we also have run into this problem all the time, both you know in the previous world of the agency and also at Marketing AI Institute, where we'd spend a ton of time and resources creating content. And then once the initial promotion plan was done, that was it. You never heard from it again. It was never used again. And this was just a phenomenal investment of time and resources. And honestly, the third kind of related piece to this is mistakes kind of all work together. I'm, unfortunately, I'm familiar. They work together to create trouble for you is that you also end up creating a lot of other content in addition to your core content. So I can't count the amount of times that we've seen companies like not only is your, say, your podcast, your central part of your content strategy, but you're also saying, hey, let's go create an article on a related topic or an unrelated one that sounds really interesting. So suddenly, you know, months down the line, you don't just have a core content initiative, but you're also kind of shotgunning content on a bunch of different topics all over the place, just trying to see what lands, trying to see what hits. A lot of it is kind of starting from scratch with no prior expertise or research done on it. We've done this as well, like in addition to creating our podcast and the struggles we had initially there with some of the thought leadership and CEO vetting guests, we were also saying, hey, these other topics in AI are pretty important. Let's go create content from scratch on those. Again, at the time, we're not repurposing a lot of things. We're not reusing a lot of things. So it really felt like we were reinventing the wheel almost every single time it came time to publish something new. And really, that's what got us, I think, into a fair amount of trouble in terms of just burnout, you know, not using resources efficiently, and frankly, not always getting the results we were looking for. You know, if you start to think about the totality of what somebody who creates content could create, you've got Facebook posts, you've got LinkedIn polls, you've got Twitter tweets, you've got reels and shorts and TikToks. Then you've got long form video, mid form video, live video. You've got all this stuff, right? You've got articles and then you've got newsletter content that's shortened versions of it. Like 
sometimes all those things are created in vacuums. Literally, you have different people doing all these different things. They're not communicating with each other. There's no strategy between all these things. For example, the people that are writing the newsletter might not have no idea that a particular post on LinkedIn is going viral. You know what I mean? And this is just the plight of content creators. And I know right now, some of you are like, yes, you're speaking my language, Mike. This is so stressful. Well, hang on, folks, because we're going to hopefully address some of this <laughs> and how AI can solve this. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. All right, Mike, let's start with the first part of uh, using AI to kind of streamline content workflows. Uh, let's start, just go ahead and speak. I'll stop speaking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just want to quickly kind of set the stage here. So I mentioned that we had experienced all those problems that I just walked through. And a lot of it, as you can probably guess, centered around our podcast and how we are creating kind of all the ancillary content in our business. So for a long time, our podcast was exactly the problem I described. Our CEO, Paul, was doing interviews. That was the format with interesting people in marketing AI or AI for business. And this was taking up way too much time of Paul's. The podcast episodes were awesome. People loved them. But because of the time investment, because we were having the kind of central thought leader doing all the work, it just wasn't sustainable. So we didn't produce the podcast consistently. Despite the quality, we just didn't get much momentum. So we realized we had to change the strategy there. And this matters for our overall content strategy because first, before we even got into using AI to make our lives so much easier, the change in strategy really helped us set the stage for how AI could help us automate what we were doing and augment what we were doing. So long story short, we switched the format of our podcast from Paul having to go interview people to me interviewing Paul. So we would take every week the top stories in AI news. I would prepare a brief that had questions and notes for Paul. Paul was following these topics very closely, often giving talks or doing webinars on them. So he would have in front of him a list of the topics we wanted to cover. I would ask him questions. He would answer them. And we would have a great conversation. Instead of Paul having to do all this work to find guests, Paul was the guest. So that core change in strategy is really what enabled a lot of the other things we ended up doing. So once we start having, okay, Paul is being interviewed on the podcast and we're talking about relevant AI news that's happening every week, 
then comes time to say, okay, how can AI make this entire creation of our weekly podcast extremely efficient or enhance it in any way? And first up came the aspect of actually finding the news. Now, the podcast format, again, is we pick top AI topics in the news. We choose three main topics and do a bunch of like rapid fire ones. Real quick here, just for anybody who's listening that doesn't do an interview of their CEO, I want you to pay close attention to what Mike's talking about because this finding of the news stuff is going to be very relevant for potentially social posts, newsletter, all that kind of stuff. So just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I neglected to mention this can translate to anything you're doing that requires you to find or curate content, whether it's in your industry, the news, whatever. So to do this, honestly, to start a lot of us finding the news is pretty human driven. This is not something that AI can always do well for us personally in choosing what we find interesting. So a lot of times we're following our industry like anybody normally throughout the week and reading articles, finding developments. Part of our process here is just actually having a central repository for the links we find interesting. For us, that's as simple as a common channel on Zoom. And myself, Paul, other team members drop in stuff they find interesting. A human then goes through and actually curates that. And I actually think this is a bit of our secret sauce today is the fact that we're bringing our human expertise and experience to finding out what is our audience actually going to enjoy. We're not necessarily using an algorithm to tell us what's most popular. And interestingly enough, I think some other people in the space are because last time I saw some of the top newsletters, it's always the exact same stories every time. So we do have this interesting kind of bespoke approach to curating news. However, once the news is curated into, you know, the topics we want to cover each week, there's quite a few ways that we use artificial intelligence to kind of build out that weekly podcast brief, the script, the outline, what we're going to follow when me and Paul talk every Monday, which is the day we record. Now, one tool, for instance, that is really helpful when it comes to processing the news is using tools to summarize it. So oftentimes we will actually be looking to summarize all of the links that we're going through. Every week, we honestly have 30, 40, 50 links that we say, okay, these were all interesting. Today, myself and Paul read all of them still because that's our job, it's our industry, it's our expertise. But we then do go ahead and summarize them using AI tools. So this is really helpful to get the gist or the most important point of every article. So when we're going through the topics for our audiences, AI can really help us say, okay, what is the actual thesis here that we want to talk about? Because I can't read the whole article out of dozens of them on the air. It will get extremely boring extremely quickly. So we use tools like two of the ones that jump out that we are starting to use here. Writer, writer.com is an AI writing platform. One of the things that does really well is summarization. So it can help with that. We also use quite a bit Claude 2 from Anthropic. Claude 2 can take in a lot of content at one time. So I can actually paste in a ton of news articles and say, please go summarize these for me. Importantly, too, is not just summarization, but simplification. So some of the topics in AI can be pretty complex. There's sometimes really technical papers that come out that are really, really important, but frankly are a little above our pay grade sometimes, so intellectually. <laughs> and, uh, 
What happens there is that AI actually serves as a really helpful simplification tool. I've got a quick question on Claude. So a lot of people that are in the industry refer to Claude 2 as Claude 2, but it doesn't refer to itself as that, right? So that's important for people that are searching for Claude.ai and are looking for version 2. It's not obvious. That it's just called Claude, but the people in the know call it Claude 2, just like they call it ChatGPT 3.5 versus 4, right? I just wanted to clarify that for anyone who's getting started. Yeah, that's exactly it. So uh, yeah, Claude 2, it won't be that, it won't be immediately obvious, but if you're using Claude, you're likely using a version of Claude 2. So as part of that tool and others, like you're able to do this really cool thing where you're able to simplify these hard to understand topics. So not only does that like help us frame the topics for a really compelling podcast, but it's also helping us simplify things for our audience. Honestly, like a huge part of the value we bring to our audience is not hitting you with a ton of super technical AI jargon. It's making AI accessible and approachable for marketers. That's literally our mission statement. So being able to use AI tools like a Claude, like ChatGPT, like Writer to start simplifying or rephrasing or explaining topics in different ways is really, really valuable when it comes to building that brief for the podcast. And again, forget the podcast if you don't do them. Building a brief for anything, a blog outline, you know, a video script, what have you. This can be a really, really useful use case when it comes to AI for content creation. Now, one other area that's really, really helpful is actually researching topics further. So one tool that we use is called Perplexity AI. And Perplexity functions very similar to uh, if you've heard of BARD or Bing's kind of generative AI search. Instead of getting a list of search results in like little blue links, you get generative AI search. So paragraphs describing what you searched for. Perplexity is really helpful because it actually gives footnotes to the links and where the information came from. So as we know, some of these tools can make stuff up. So perplexity can still in certain cases do that, but you can at least go check your facts. So if I need a stat really quickly or need to go a little deeper on one of the topics for the week for the podcast and cite some sources or find interesting quotes, it is easily one-tenth the research time I would normally have searching with traditional Google search. And kind of last but not least here, a big area that we use it for is also writing our intro scripts for the podcast. So we don't always do this, but when we have, you know, 20 different topics, it can really streamline introducing them if we're summarizing articles and news items anyway, to have AI just write us a few lines of a script. I mean, it's the same as I would do it, honestly. And I can go in and tweak them if needed or rewrite them in my own way. But the cool thing is we're able to feed some of these writing tools, examples of scripts I've written in the past that I think are pretty good and say, hey, write me a new script that sounds like that. So we can do that at scale very quickly if we're already doing these other things with Writer, with Claude, with ChatGPT to summarize the news and just immediately turn it into those scripts. And suddenly you've got most of a full-on podcast brief ready to go. And notably, our CEO did not have to be involved in creating any of that. Quick question on writer.com. What does that do that maybe ChatGPT4 or Claude2 cannot do? I'm just curious. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, it's roughly the same capabilities. We are just at any given time kind of testing out a few different options, both to see what how the innovations are happening and kind of stack things up with each other, but also as kind of backups, to be honest. I don't anticipate any of these tools I just mentioned going away anytime soon. But if something materially changes, we don't want to be reliant on just one tool. So we do use Writer for other areas as well. So that's just where we're jumping in there. If you know there's another initiative, someone's using it for social shares. But a lot of times there's very overlapping use cases and capabilities when it comes, especially when it comes to AI content creation, I would say. Now, you mentioned perplexity.ai, which is new to me. Give me an example of what a typical prompt might be for when you're doing research. Yeah, so I might say it's more honestly for follow-on research. So I might say, hey, you know, I am doing a podcast script on Meta's llama model. Could you tell me a bulleted list of the technical details of the model, like how many parameters, Ah. when it was released, stuff like that. Or it's really good to start vetting stats, for instance. So for a report, I was like, I need a really good stat on AI's adoption in marketing in 2023. Give me 10 options. And they might not all be great, but very quickly, I don't have to read through an article to find the relevant piece of information I'm looking for. And it somehow is up to date with this information because we know that ChatGPT obviously is only really up to date until what, 2021 or something yeah, like that, Yeah, exactly. Right? And that's why I kind of ended up stumbling on this. I was looking for a way to do what I'm doing with it with ChatGPT, but I was like, eh, yeah, the information is just, I, it's not even the intended use of ChatGPT, but it was occasionally helpful to get a quick fact if I knew, but I had to know the fact was accurate already. So this was a way to actually say, okay, even if you're making stuff up, I can go check the link you say you got it from and quickly establish you are correct or incorrect. The first part of your strategy is really to use artificial intelligence to help expedite the preparation of your content. In your particular case, the podcast interview that you do with Paul. In someone else's case, it might be an article or a video that they create or any other thing, right? So this is really, really valuable. Now there's a second part to your strategy, which I think a lot of people are going to love. So what's the second part? So the second part is where we actually get into creating and repurposing content from kind of our core pillar of our content creation efforts, which, as I mentioned, is the podcast. And again, think of this not just in terms of a podcast, but in terms of, let's say, your core content campaign is a pillar page, an ebook, the newsletter, blog post, whatever. What we do here is we take a core piece of content and apply AI in various ways, not only to create that content, but also to repurpose it and reuse it for other promotions. So the way this kind of works step by step is, you know, we talked about creating the scripts, the brief, all the prep for the podcast. Then it's just me and our CEO jump on for an hour, go through everything. It's all human driven. And then from there, we apply AI to a bunch of parts of the production process. So we use mainly a tool, an AI tool called Descript, which is an audio and video editing suite that helps us do everything from create transcripts from the podcast very quickly, to captioning it, to actually editing the audio and video. And notably, we used to be, you know, hiring production companies to do this because our team just didn't have pro video and audio skills when it came to editing. Descript allows them to very, very quickly and easily do pretty pro level editing on their own, which is really helpful. So 
we very quickly and very cost-effectively produce the actual podcast episode. It gets published. And then from there, what we can do is produce a ton of different content assets spun off of it. So remember I said kind of the format here is there's three main topics. Those three main topics all become their own article. And ideally, we're selecting three main topics that are not only the most relevant and interesting for the audience, but also might end up having quite a bit of, say, search traffic or interest online or shareability on social. So we're creating articles that are inherently going to hopefully be most interesting to our audience. And to do that, we're using some of the tools I previously mentioned to take the transcripts and summarize them. And we can actually even be having them summarize the articles in a variety of ways. You could say, hey, give me a summary of the article that I can then use as a blog post intro, get, or a transcript rather. Give me a summary in bullet points so I can pick and choose as I'm writing a blog post. Give me the main takeaways from a section of a transcript in the podcast so that I can actually write a key takeaway section in a blog post on this topic. So there's a variety of ways to take the conversation that me and our CEO just had and splice that up into a bunch of pieces of raw material that I can then take as a writer and say, okay, I'm writing a blog post on this topic. What are the most important things the audience needs to know? What are kind of the killer quotes I can take out of this to start citing original thought from thought leaders? So really summarizing and splicing up transcripts is a great way that we end up doing, really spinning off content from the actual conversation. First of all, I love what I'm hearing you say, how you can take these transcripts into a tool. What tool is the tool that you're using? I'm assuming it's Claude or is it something else? Yeah, so I tend to default again, you know, there's so many that have different related capabilities. Some of my colleagues will use ChatGPT. We use ChatGPT plus, so we can use GPT-4. I tend towards Claude just because sometimes the transcripts can be longer. And again, right. occasionally I don't want to run into that usage limit or context limit rather. Yeah, so those are really the two I would say that we are start that we use regularly. We actually just started investigating Duet AI from Google. This is kind of their new AI features they're baking right into Google Docs. So we're actively testing like, hey, do we even need to be dragging and dropping content into other tools, could it just be done right in Google Docs, which we're using anyway? Now, those are, we're still kind of, the jury's still out on how much we'll be able to do that, but it's just one other area we're exploring. What I love about what you're doing, and I've also been experimenting with this inside of Claude, is if you take a transcript into Claude and you ask it the right kinds of questions or any kind of file into Claude, you can get all sorts of output, right? You can have it, write the entire article. You could say, write an article that summarizes the key points in this interview in between 1,500 and 2,000 words with head, subheads, bullets, the whole shebang. You can even ask it to recommend areas where to include images. Like Mike mentioned, you can ask it to, to extract key talking points or exact phrases from guest X, right? That could be used to make uh, infographics or quote graphics, right? And this is what I think is beautiful about Claude in particular is it'll work with the attached document and you can save that and you can come back to that later. And that's why I love like you working with Claude, because it's like, I've just uploaded this corpus of knowledge in which it's operating. And then it's got its own intelligence like any writer would, right? And it's going to 
understand. You can even ask it to identify all the URLs for all the tools that were mentioned, even if they weren't mentioned in the interview, because it's smart enough to figure it out, right? It's pretty incredible. I mean, there's so many, and that's the thing people I think sometimes sleep on is it's not just about figuring out a really cool prompt to use with the tool and then you're done. The ability to query, have conversations with and build upon knowledge with tools like a Claude are really, really incredible use cases and unlock a lot of other things you wouldn't exactly think you'd be able to do with these types of tools. Yeah. And one more thing that I don't know if you've asked Claude, but I've asked Claude, what can you do with this file? And it comes back with all sorts of ideas contextually related to the file or the data that you inputted into the thing, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. And that just from a writer's perspective and a content creator perspective, it opens up all these other windows of things that you had probably would never have considered doing because it would have been too complicated to do before, right? That's so true. And one other thing I'll mention there that's fascinating, you know, if you hear me saying things like, oh, I can actually get Claude to write in the style I want it to write in, that's not any technical wizardry on my end. I mean, honestly, you can get just give it a post. I gave it a post the other day or give it a series of them that I wrote that I considered my three best posts on a topic in the same format. And I said, read and analyze these and get ready for future prompts. And it literally reads them, analyzes them and says, oh, here's the commonalities between those posts and the style. And then when I drop in whatever's next, I can say, hey, rewrite this transcript exactly in that style. It's pretty incredible. Are you able to train it that, hey, in the future, when I ask you to write in the voice of Mike Caput, use the training data that I had previously given to you, you feel like it's smart enough or does it, you have to go back into that original thread in order to be able to do that? Yeah, I think you'd have to go into the original thread to do that. From my understanding, I have not tried to kind of get the overall system to remember that stuff, but who knows, honestly, given how fast this stuff moves, I wouldn't be surprised if you could do that by the time this episode airs. All right, well, keep going. I know that I'm going down some rabbit trails with you, but this stuff is so fascinating to me. So keep going. Oh, I agree. It's, it's endlessly fascinating to me, but you know, as, so like I mentioned, we're kind of doing a lot with the transcripts themselves to give a writer raw material. But as you've alluded to, you can do so much more. We can literally have it be writing first drafts for us. We can have it outline things for us. I really see this whole process, if I had to sum it up, as give the artist all the paint and the material to work with, the artist being the writer here. So instead of me as a writer having to go do all of this, what I consider honestly kind of admin work, because again, remember, I had the podcast conversation. I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the topic. I'm not outsourcing my thinking to the machine. We've already kind of gone through what we think about a topic, the insights we pulled out of it. All the rest is just admin. It's really pulling the information into usable form. So that's what we're using a lot of these tools for. Now, once we've kind of done that, it's very easy and very quick to get three full blog posts out of the transcript of the main topics from our podcast. So that's a nice, solid bit of content within, you know, a couple of hours after the podcast is created. Then we can use a combo of these tools. And here I would also include, we mix in Jasper, Jasper Jasper.ai as well. Again, these tools have very overlapping capabilities, but we test this one as well for social media shares. So when it comes to actually taking the blog posts, we turn them into a range of different written shares for different platforms, so for Twitter or X, for LinkedIn, for Facebook, et cetera. 
this really gives us a ton of latitude in getting a bunch of different ideas. We're not necessarily just automating our social shares. We're just giving our writers, our creators, our marketers lots of different ideas. They can go through and reject whatever they want. They could rewrite the shares the AI systems are giving them. But it really takes off some of the cognitive burden of having to look at a blank page and say, oh, my God, I've got to write 100 tweets about these three articles. So on the written promotion side, this has dramatically cut down the amount of time that we have to spend creating social media promotions for all the content. Now, when it comes to video, this has been a huge area that has been so helpful to us because, frankly, like we have missed some opportunities when it comes to short form video. We're not super active historically on TikTok or creating reels or creating YouTube shorts. And the reason for that has just been lack of bandwidth. I mean, historically, we just have not had the amount of time and resources to be spending cutting up longer videos into a bunch of really compelling clips. So this is more experimental today, but we're investigating a few different tools that are helping us do this. And we actually just recently, I mean, it's a small win for us, but we recently had one of our more popular YouTube shorts published that got, you know, several thousand views, which is not always the case for the videos that we put out because we were able to create them using a few different tools that me and my colleagues have been testing. So a couple of the ones here that we're looking at, we haven't really committed to any of them yet, are a tool called Gloss AI, another tool called Munch, and another called Opus Clip. And they basically all will take your video, your long form video of any type, podcast or webinar or what have you, and actually find the most interesting parts of the video and chop it up into short promotional clips. So we've been doing that relatively automatically using some of those tools and just really, really streamlining what it looks like when it comes to video promotion on social media. So that's been kind of the final part of that promotional workflow where we've suddenly gone from, okay, a simple podcast episode to a ton of different collateral, including three different blog posts, you know, with really unique, interesting content, dozens and dozens of written social shares, and, you know, six, 12, 18 different short video clips. And this all happens, depends on the week, but honestly, probably in about five or 10 hours of our team's collective time, which is probably 75% less time than it used to take us doing all this manually for this particular workflow. What I'm excited about is that you could record a one hour interview or 45 minute interview with Paul, have three lead stories where maybe each one is five to 10 minutes, and then somehow make an article out of those. And I know a lot of people listening are like, how can it make something longer than what you spoke about? So help people understand how these AI systems can take like a five or 10 minute section of a video and create a thousand to 2000 word article out of it, because obviously it's going to have to be taking leaps to be able to do something like that. And how does that actually work? Yeah. So this is an area where I think it's a really good example of humans and machines working together, because not only can the AI system expand on certain topics, but honestly, 
a lot of the secret sauce here is humans. We're able to take this article or draft or summary or outline that an AI system has made from a transcript, and maybe it's layered in additional information it's found. You have to check that stuff regardless. But then I can jump in or one of our team can jump in and layer in all this additional context and insight that frankly nobody else has. And that an AI tool, you know, if you gave it the right prompting information, probably could find, but you wouldn't think to do it if you didn't have this domain expertise. So I'm able to go in and take a relatively short discussion and expand it into a greater blog post using not only how AIs made it more efficient, maybe some facts or additional research that I could use AI tools for to supplement it, but also my own unique perspective and point of view. And that's really compelling because I think moving forward, at least when it comes to content creation, if you're competition can click a button and create the same article as you, why are we creating that article? So this has been a really unique marriage of the AI tools making everything more efficient and expanding on the content we've already got, and then humans layering in really rich insights and perspective. Mike Kaput, this has been absolutely fascinating for, I think, me and many people that are listening. And there's going to be some people who are going to want to check out your podcast and all the other things that you've got going on. And some might want to reach out on the socials. So do you have a preferred social platform where they can connect with you? And then where do they find all the other great stuff you've got going on? Yeah, absolutely. First up, just come find me on LinkedIn and connect with me. I'm easy to find at Mike Kaput, M-I-K-E-K-A-P-U-T. Just Chief Content Officer at Marketing AI Institute. I should come up very quickly. Feel free to connect with me and message me. I'd love to talk further about anything we talked about here or anything AI related. And then also visit us at, we've got a special page set up at marketingaiinstitute.com forward slash SME. And at that URL, you'll find a really quick summary of everything we do some relevant resources to get you started based on this conversation and just generally an introduction to Marketing AI Institute. Thank you, Mike, so much for coming on and sharing your insights with us. We're so much better because of it. Thank you. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 583. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.